We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green, and also special guest of the show today, Sean Murray. Sean, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, Jared. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be on here with you guys. Oh, you picked a fantastic day to come on. I'll tell you that much right now. I mean, a lot of big news. We'll get to it shortly, but you know, give us the spew. Where are you from? Uh, you know, just just give it. Give us the baseball spew. Yep, so I don't know if any of the listeners know my actual name. My first name is Sean. Um, I'm the founder of Angels Nation Talk. We started back in 2012. Um, for those old school followers, we used to do a lot of tailgates, some YouTube videos and podcasting at the time, a lot of giveaways, tickets and whatnot. Um, but now, since life's gotten pretty crazy, we've kind of slowed down a little bit and just kind of breaking the news on Twitter and, and staying around there. Um, but, you know, who knows what the future holds? And might, We might start doing more. Exactly. You know, that's always fun. I know I, you know, that was a big thing growing up. Uh, I started off with uh, Angels Win and kind of moved from there. I think a lot, I like a lot of people started off with Angels Win. That was kind of the, in a sense, first kind of big fan site that the Angels had. And, and it, I think it's just honestly kind of grown from there on social media. And it's an absolute blast. I I love it. I love everything about social media. So it's a great way to go out there. I also saw that you guys might possibly have merchandise. Do you guys still do that? Um, I did for a while. Okay. Uh, I just recently got married, so I had to, I had to slow everything down. But um, yeah, we used to do some shirts and cool giveaways and whatnot. But like I said, in the future, maybe in a couple months or so, that's all going to come back. Absolutely. So guys, if you don't follow Sean, go on there. Give him a follow. When he gets the merch going again, when we get the uh, tailgates going again, we'll all, we'll all have to hang out and do it. So Nate, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. Thanks for the energy today, Nate. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I've really missed that in my life, so it's been fantastic. Always. always, always, guys. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you could subscribe wherever you're listening to it, give us a review, whether it's good or bad, tell us how we can improve. And guys, let's just jump really right into this because we have big news. The Angels have signed a starting pitcher, a big name starting pitcher too, 
And I think it's the right starting pitcher. They signed Noah Syndergaard to a one-year, $21 million deal. They give up the the second-round pick, which is going to be close to one point, in between $1.1 and $1.6 million in slot pool bonus in the draft. We'll get to that shortly. And they'll also give up $500,000 in the international signing bonus. But, you know... You know, let's just kind of get our initial thoughts on this, Sean. I'll, I'll start with you. I know. I think we're going to kind of all have differing thoughts on this. It's going to be kind of interesting, and I, I'm excited to talk about it. But, yeah, big news. Noah Syndergaard, Sean, give it to us. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm a little bit mixed. Um, I, I see both sides. I'm not going to be ecstatic that we got them. I'm not going to be extremely disappointed. I think given the last recent years with the Angels that they've needed an electric arm to be added into the starting rotation other than Otani. Um but I also understand that it is a risk. It's a big risk given that our top two arms now are guys that a couple of years ago had Tommy John surgery. So the innings aren't there. Um, we can judge it based off how Otani recovered, how it took him two years, Noah Syndergaard just around that time now too. So we can compare that there is going to be hopefully the same output that he's going to have. But at the same time, $21 million for one year, I mean, it could impact the team if Artie Moreno wants to stay around his normal budget. Absolutely, 100%. Nate, before I give my thoughts, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, Again, mixed. I'm a huge Noah Syndergaard fan. I I love Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I really like that the fire he brings, which is something that you and I talk about all the time, needing that guy at the top of the rotation who's really going to bring something um, like that Jared Weaver used to. So I I love that. Not thrilled with the one year. I mean – it's just frustrating that we, we won't sign a guy for multiple years, especially a starter who's 29 years old. It's not like we're signing an old guy. Yes, there's risk with him. You know, It's his second Tommy John of his career, which is always really, really risky. But, it, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. The last thing that comes back is the accuracy. Uh, the velo was down last year when he came back, so I would assume his velo gets back up. But, uh Maybe his command is still lacking, and it could be a long year with him. Uh, I really think, though, that if he's on, it's a great, great signing, but it'll be disappointing knowing that he's going to get more money and more years somewhere else, most likely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you guys on this. It's kind of weird, and, and guys, let's not be shy here. We can jump in also whenever we want. I always forget to say that at the beginning of the podcast, but feel free to jump in. We can interrupt each other. I, I really don't mind, but... Yeah, it's I'm mixed with it. You know, there are definitely good things. It's going to please the fans, which is something that Artie Moreno likes to do, you know, on the business side of things. And so from a business standpoint, it seems like everybody's happy. Uh, and I'm hoping this is just the first move. I, I, I At the end of the day, I, I'm hoping that it's just the first move of many. However, I feel like this could be the only big pitching move that they make, being that there is a lot of depth in, in the Angels rotation. And... I don't know how I feel about that. I think the Angels could go out and end up still signing a big-name shortstop. I, I don't think that's off the table at all at the moment, especially with this signing, though the money has kind of been taken away. But with a one-year deal, it does you know make me feel a little bit better, You know, and Upton coming off the books next year and, and everything like that. I am a little bit worried about the draft pick. I know that it's a second-rounder, and that's not a huge deal. But the money is there, and there have been some good second-rounders that have come out of you know this Angels system. Brandon Marsh, in particular, one of the better prospects in baseball, was a second-round pick. So 
I, I, that, that's kind of where I stand. The same thing with the international money. $500,000 doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a Deshaun Knowles type of guy. That's a, I think they signed uh, Jose Bonilla for that amount. And I know those aren't household names, but if you know the prospects, you understand that those are some pretty decent prospects with, you know, some decent upside and that, you know, a lot of people think are very interesting. So I'm very mixed with it. You know, I love Noah Syndergaard. I think it's the right guy. I think it's that was the right move. I just don't know if I like one year. I don't know if I, I don't know. I'm very skeptical with one year deals at the moment with the Angels. And I know everybody is. So, you know, that actually brings us on to, you know, my next question. And I think we might have kind of answered this. And Nate, I'll start with you. Is this actually a good thing that they signed Noah Syndergaard for for this amount? I know, like I said, we've gone over the positives and negatives, but let's just kind of, you know, rehash it again. Is Is it actually a good deal? I don't like the deal. The one-year contract is the biggest thing that's going to uh, frustrate me, especially for a guy who got a qualifying offer. Um, it's just it's just unbelievable that that we're giving away a draft pick for one year. I mean, when the qualifying offer became a thing in 2015, most people thought that once you got a qualifying offer, you weren't getting a one-year deal. And the Angels seem to have challenged that idea. So that's my biggest thing about the contract is the one year. I mean, I get it. It's a risk. But if you're going to take a risk, you might as well give him three three years and prove to you that he's worth this. Because one year, we gave him $21 million. What happens if he goes out there and throws 2.5, 2.7 ERA? Now is it $30 million? Is that a three-year $30 million deal? It just becomes a really, really – bad situation where you're just going to put yourself in the same situation next year yeah and I, I was talking to somebody close to the situation and they, they were telling me that you know he is out there to prove himself this one year contract means that he's out there to prove himself i would just prefer not to do it for 20 plus million dollars so sean back to you on I, kind of a different question here we've seen the angels with a bunch of one-year deals in the past how do you feel about this one what, what makes this one different to you well, it stands off right off the bat that he's not your typical Dylan Bundy or Alex Cobb or anybody like that. I mean, he's a guy that's thrown 95-plus that has the edge. I mean, Dylan Bundy has had that edge before, and we've seen that. We've seen the attitude, which we like a little bit, but Noah Syndergaard's a little bit different, and I, I understand that it is a lot of money, but, you know, not to have any puns, but they maybe they strike lightning. You never know. I mean, he could turn to that guy that suddenly is like the Otani round two where – you know, he's pushing a sub-3 ERA. You know, I don't know if he's going to hit over 130 innings like Otani did. Otani was lucky to get to 130 after he's been his starts were pushed back a few times. Um, but looking at it from an initial standpoint of just adding him, it does leave you a little bit worried. But I think as the season progresses, and we're not even into the winter meetings, and who, again, who knows when that's going to happen based off the CBA agreement. But once that does happen, when actual GMs and, and – agents and players are all in the same area talking to each other with where top names start to go real quick. I mean, Manassian has said over and over again, and also Joe Madden, that they want not just pitching, but pitching, 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 you know? So it makes me think it's not just one guy. If we were to wait this out a couple weeks, maybe a month or so, we might get lucky and see two guys pl- or two starting guys plus a bullpen arm that are high names. You know, so initial standpoint, yeah, it's a little bit worrisome. But looking at the long term, it could 
benefit us in some pretty good ways. We could have negotiation rights during the season and give him a longer contract if he's performing well. You don't know. There's many different directions they can go. There's many different directions that I feel that I think that you guys are feeling right now, but I think we have to literally sit back on this one and just wait for things to fall in place. Yeah, I think the word that, or the phrase that I like the most, that I think I use the most and Nate hates, is I'm cautiously optimistic yet again. I, I'm cool with it. I like it. I'm all you for it. You have to be. No, 100%. You have to be with these. Well, first off, with the one-year deals, and second off, because it's the Angels. And for some, I, I, I still think the Angels are cursed. I don't know for what reason or why or how. But the, I feel like the Angels are cursed in a sense. And, and you know, I hope that, like, this kind of ends. I don't have any information to back that up. That's just kind of what it feels like to me. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I like both sides of the argument. I, I see both sides of the argument. Like, I, I, I look at the fan side, and it's like, you got Noah Syndergaard. He's a dude. Like, when he's, go- when he's good, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and I have no issue with saying that. And then you look at the, the side that, you know, Nate, myself, and, and, and even you, Sean, kind of take, and it's like, well, you got to kind of be a little – optimistic or a little cautious with it too you know he's thrown two innings in the past or five innings whatever it is in the past two years since 2019 i think sam blum or jack harris one of the angels writers said that he had his worst era uh in his career in 2019 as well so we really haven't seen the best noah Syndergaard since 2016 2015 2017 whenever they went to the world series last and and i I see both sides of the argument. I get both sides of the argument. I'm I'm all for it, and that's kind of the way I think we all have to look at it. So on to our next question here. I, we got to play a little bit of under-over here with Noah Syndergaard. I know, Nate, you brought this up to me, and I, I know that we talked about it. I boosted it from where you thought it was, but, Sean, I'll start with you. Under-over 100 innings pitched in 2022 for Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I'm going to compare it based off of Otani, and I'm going to say – over, but slightly over. I mean, Otani was pushed back, and I think it was 130.1 or something innings that he ended up pitching last year. Um, so I'm going to say he'll be just over 100 innings pitched. Actually, and when we think about that, is that worth the $21 million? Uh, just over? <laughs> I, I mean, think of it this way. If if he pitched like Otani did, which, I mean, it, it's, it's a big ask, right? So we didn't ask Otani to pitch like an ace and hit like a stud. In one year, you you want him to hit like that, but we're not going to ask him to do that the year removed coming back from Tommy John and recovering from that. But he did. So now we're asking him to repeat the same thing, but can we ask Syndergaard to do the same thing? I mean, we saw it with Otani, but then again, Otani is built differently. And I don't know. Noah Syndergaard is known for being an absolute workhorse. I mean, look at the photos of his body when he works out shirtless. I mean, he's a stud. He knows how to work out. He knows how to take care of himself. So I'd expect him to be over 100 innings, but I don't think that's much of a hard ask for him to do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll give you slightly over. I think I honestly I like you. I like the comparison. I, you have to kind of compare it to where Otani was this last year. I know that Syndergaard's not going to be hitting, but I mean it's coming from that same spot. So he might be over 130 for all we know. I mean Otani had to hit also, and he had starts that were pushed back. So. For all we know, people are saying I think it was around 125 for for Syndergaard, but if if all goes well, you know, he could be pushing 130, 140. Absolutely, and hopefully pushing into the playoffs as well. So, Nate, under yeah. over 100 innings pitched. I'm gonna go over barely. It's funny. One of the guys that I wanted to look at number wise was Alex Cobb, just 
to see what he finished with, and he was under 100 innings last year. Um, so that's the that's the big thing with Syndergaard is he does have some nagging injuries, um, and they've got to be very cautious with the guy coming off his second Tommy John. So I could see him finishing right around 100 innings. Uh, is is twenty one million dollars worth one hundred and ten innings? I don't think so. Um, but you know, if he goes out there and, and dominates for us, then you know, so be it. If it gets us to the playoffs, twenty one million is worth it. If he throws, you know, a hundred innings and they finish with seventy six wins again, seventy seven wins again, we're going to sit here saying it wasn't worth it. So I think that's the biggest thing: is will they win games? Yeah, key key thing there is playoffs. If you get to the playoffs, yeah. if you get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, yeah, you made it. You, you made it to the end of the. You, you did what you had to do. So, Sean, I know you got to get going here in a second, but I have one last question for you before you get going. We're gonna we're gonna let you play GM. We already know the Angels signed Noah Syndergaard, so let's go from there. What do you What would you like to see the Angels do? Oh man, this is this is the year question that. That me and my followers always have the discussion of, you know, here's how much they got to spend, here's how much they can spend until they hit the tax, which they never do. Um, but I will start it off with a quote from our dear owner, dear owner Artie Moreno, back in 2015, in quote saying, "If it's for the right player in the right situation, I will do whatever." And that is referring to going over the luxury tax. We have yet to see it since that quote. Um, he's made it known that he does not care about. Going over the tax, he mainly cares more about the physical payroll um, with whatever their own internal budget is, which I think is usually around 180, 185. Um, but my response to that before I go into who I want as a GM would be him saying if it's for the right player, there's two players that make it for the right player. Mike Trout, who's now in his 30s, and Shohei Otani, who technically has two more years left to team control this year and next year. Um, the right situation is it refers back to those two players. They're not getting any younger. And the other one, the contract is going to end, and he wants to win before he goes somewhere else in order to do so. Um, and then in order for him to do whatever, like he says, you got to put the money down. We know he has the money. There's been numerous articles that say if you really wanted to. I was talking to uh, Taylor Blake Ward the other day, and he said, he said if Artie Moreno really wanted to, he could put together a $300 million team. Easy. With the money he has. No questions. Um but then again, it comes down to how much they really want to spend. In my opinion, um, adding Noah Syndergaard is not the ace that the Angels need due to the injury concerns that he's coming off of. And he's going to have limited innings, just like Otani was. Um, so in my opinion, they still need a number one. And in order for me to get the team over the edge and into the playoffs and have a deep run, it starts with Max Scherzer. I know it's an expensive get. It's the type of money they don't want to spend on pitching or never really have. Because Noah Syndergaard right now, that's the most money they've ever spent on a, on a pitcher, uh, aside from Jared Weaver. He's more now. So in order for him to get Max Scherzer, it's going to be 10-plus million more than what Noah Syndergaard has. But if they want to make deep runs in the playoffs, they need that true ace that, that will hold the team accountable and that can really lead an entire starting rotation into the playoffs. And it, it starts with that. And the Angels, if they go up to the tax, they still do have the money to do that. But then again, that leaves everything else a little a little limited. Um, Iglesias probably won't come back. If that was the case, they could probably figure out a way to bring him back. Maybe three years, forty five million. I'm using FanGraph projections. Um, if he were to give a, a like a three year term, it'd be fifteen million dollars annually. 
which could fit in if Artie wanted to go over the tax, which, like he said, he, he wouldn't mind doing it. Um, but it, it's interesting. They, they need to add the ace. If they can't do that, then they still need another option, another top-end rotation arm, which could be someone like Marcus Stroman. Look at the Angels in the past, especially with Manassian and, and Madden. They've been getting players that they have always been connected to. And the last prayer, player, Syndergaard, he, he was um, part of the deal when Manassian was over in Toronto. Same thing for Stroman. Manassian knows those two players. So those would be my other two players to, to look at. Would be first Max Scherzer, um, and if that option doesn't work, I, I'd turn to Stroman, finally give him a multi-year deal. I know the Angels do not like to do that. But at some point, and I say this every year again, at some point the Angels need to offer a starting pitcher a multi-year deal. They did with Garrett Cole. They lost out on it. But at some point they're going to have to get somebody, or else it's just a revolving door with this team. Um, but to summarize it up, honestly, guys, I'm sorry to say, but I will be disappointed if we don't get somebody like Max Scherzer. I, I don't think looking at teams that have won the World Series in the past or that are in the World Series, they usually have a top two or top three rotation, and they just rotate those three guys plus a solid bullpen behind them. And at the end of the day, the saying, the saying is pitching really does win you games. It's like hockey. Defense wins you games. Same thing. So – that's what I would be looking at. I'd be looking at Max Scherzer. Um, I think you can get creative if you didn't get him. You can look at Marcus Stroman um, or not. If they wanted to go the defensive route, they can go Javi Baez and have more money for Iglesias and they'll still have about $16 million left over. Um, or they can get crazy. They can go for Stroman, say $25 million a year, four years. And then if they wanted to, which would be risky given Justin Upton's situation, um, they could trade for somebody like Luis Castillo. It'll only add about $7.5 million in payroll. Or they can get somebody from the Marlins um, that would save a lot of money, but you know they don't really have that prospect capital to be dangling like the Dodgers would. So um, there's the options they can do. Um, but it, to me, at the end of the day, it starts with Max Scherzer. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, I've, yeah, you, you went out and you... I don't want to think that the Angels are going all in next season because that doesn't seem, I don't know, that just doesn't seem right to me at the moment. I don't think the Angels are quite there yet. Like, they're not at the Dodgers. They're not They're not World Series contenders yet, though I think that sure, or at, I think that Syndergaard definitely helps them get to, the, get to a certain spot. I don't know what that spot is yet, but I do think it gets them closer. I, I think that Scherzer has got to be on minds of most though I think if you get Scherzer I think you kind of got to go all in because of the age of your team <laughs> that you're putting out there now you're putting I mean and, and we saw Scherzer in the playoffs miss a start because of the arm fatigue and that's what starts worrying me but no I'm 100% with you if if you go get Scherzer you almost have to go all in you know you got to start working it on trading your farm system you got to start you know working on on this that and another and I know a lot of people won't like that because you know, people want to be like the Dodgers, want to be like the Astros, want to be like teams that have been good for a long time, the Rays. But, you know, I mean, how badly do you want to get Mike Trout a World Series? And, and you mentioned it, you know, those two guys, uh, Trout and and Otani, those two are the those two guys are the guys you want to get um, World Series for. And, and that's the main goal right now at the end of the day. So last question before I get you going, who do you have a shortstop? Uh, that, see, that's that's the other issue, too, is if I'm so focused on pitching, I mean, you start with in-house. The offense is there. you got Rendon if he's healthy. Mike Trout coming back if he's healthy. Um, the emergencies of, of Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele, they're looking good. They're still young. 
They're going to have some growing pains. Jared Walsh is there. David Fletcher, I think, will turn it around. So, I mean, right now you'd have to look at possibly Renhifo, Mayfield maybe. But, then again, that's that's probably not your ideal person you'd like at shortstop. That, to me, if they're in a playoff run, that could be the position they trade for midseason. And I'll bring it back to you, Jared, real quick. Is I'll say this, like I said, every year, is you have two options as a GM. If you're already in Reno, you got two options. In order to get Mike Trout and the team to the playoffs – your two options are either A, spend it to get there, or B, trade your prospect and trade the capital to get yourself in there. They don't have that, so the other only option is to spend, and they can do that for this year. They can theoretically go all in because Upton's money comes off the, off the payroll next year, and then you'd have to look at Otani's extension, but they have they do have to go all in this year for it, and you can't we can't keep waiting for it year after year after year. Yeah, absolutely. And Sean, I know you got to go. So thanks so much for, for hopping on and talking to us. Give us a spew again where we can find you, where we can find your work, all, all that fun stuff. Yeah, guys, right now it's just on Twitter. Uh, the handle is talk underscore angels. Um, mainly on there for now. Um, let's keep chatting. Give me a follow and uh, send me what you guys want to see. If you guys are the GM, that'd be kind of fun to talk about. But Jared, Nate, it was great talking with you guys. Thank you guys for having me on, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely, yeah. Whenever you want to do it, you know, shoot me a message. I'm sure I'm going to shoot you a message before you shoot me a message to get you back on because you are a great baseball mind. I, I love uh, your Twitter. You do a great job on there. So, guys, follow uh, follow Sean and talk Halos or talk Angels on Twitter. It's, like I said, fantastic job that you do there. So, thanks for coming on. I, I really do appreciate it, Sean. Yep, appreciate it. We'll uh, talk once uh, Max Scherzer signs. Absolutely. All right. Welcome back, guys. Now it's just me and Nate talking with you here. And, Nate, I wanted to finish this up just because Sean had to go. I I wanted to talk a little bit just more one-on-one about this. And I want to get your take on why we think this is a little bit different than the years previous. If you think it is. If you don't think it's different. Because, I mean, this does have a lot of similarities to what the Angels have done in the past, right? Like a one-year deal, overpaying somebody. I mean, we, we've seen this before, and I mentioned it you know, when we were talking to Sean. I don't know if it's just bad luck. I don't know if the Angels are cursed, but it just never really seems to work out for the Angels. So I don't know. How, how do, you, do you view this any differently than the years in the past? Unfortunately, I don't. Um... And it's funny because you and I talked off the record a little bit about this. I know we didn't get to go into too much detail, but I think a lot of Angel fans are forgetting that we signed Matt Harvey and Tim Lincecum to one-year deals. And Man. those are very much the similar profile of, of uh, Noah Syndergaard. Like, big name, has had success in the past, coming off either an injury or down year or something of that nature. Lincecum and, and Harvey were both coming off injuries. And it's like, is this really different? I mean... We overpaid for Harvey. We gave him a lot more money than anyone else was willing to give him. Um, I think we gave uh, – I personally think we gave Syndergaard more money than anyone else was going to give them per year. Now, other teams were probably willing to give him two, three, four years at you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 million. But I think that nobody was going to give him $21.5 million a year. So, yes, I do think they overpaid a little bit. And, I mean, you look at – Tehran, you know, former ace of the Braves, I guess you can say. Um, another one-year contract. Jose Quintana was another big name that that people had talked about. Um, Jose Quintana at one point was being talked about as, is he a top five pitcher in the American League? 
And I, I think that's the conversation that gets talked about with Noah Syndergaard all the time. Is he a top five pitcher in the American League or in the National League? Excuse me. Coming off injuries, Quintana's coming off injuries. Been a part of World Series teams. Um, it, it's just there's a lot of similarities to to what we have seen in the past and what we're what we saw today. I'll say this: I I, I know for a fact that actually it came out that Syndergaard had a twenty five million dollar offer i don't know who it was from but peter gamins came out with that so and there were a couple of 21 million dollar deals so i guess the angels got lucky with him coming to anaheim i don't, I don't know if he i don't i'm interested there's gonna be a press conference to with him at some point I, i'm interested to know you know why the angels i know that you know press conferences don't always go exactly the way we want to hear them but it, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say uh, uh secondly I ran a poll on on Twitter, and normally it doesn't matter, but this you know fifteen hundred votes is pretty substantial for a, one of my polls. Per regardless, but I asked, "Do you like the center guard deal?" Eighty eight percent of people said yes. I I'm gonna be honest here. I don't know why. I I've been trying to stay a little more optimistic, but this eats a lot of money from the Angels. It's a one year deal. Yes, you know he comes off the contract. He comes off next year with Justin Upton, and you have a lot more money. And I mean, we haven't even looked at the plan for for that year for for next year. I mean, I, thinking about this now, I wonder if we're thinking too too much of right now and not enough in the future with with free agents as well. You know, like maybe you know you you have a plan. Perry has a five year plan. You know, and he this is this is just step one of his five year plan. You know, get somebody that. You can look at trading at the deadline if, if things don't work out. You know, I, I, I I'm I'm not 100% sure. I'm I'm really not on there, but I'll um I'll finish with this. I'm I'm not necessarily and I said this before and I think I think this is the one thing that we agree on the most. This is the right player, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is the right player. Noah Syndergaard is the right player. Mean we we've talked about this many times in the past. The Angels don't necessarily need the most expensive player. They need the right player. I don't think this was the deal that was correct. I, I wanted. I, I think we both wanted Syndergaard. We liked him. We think you know this is this is the year. He was in, he was in our prediction as uh, fake gems. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, we we wanted actually. Wow, uh, tip the cap to us for that because we uh, said that you know he was gonna come to the Angels, but yeah, you know he um it's it's the right guy. Hundred percent. I, I don't think the deal's right. I am. And first off, this starts with the twenty-one million dollars. I'm not upset about that. I'm not uh, upset about the 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 amount. I'm upset about the years. I would have given him, you know, like we said, three for fifty. Heck, I mean, at this point, I would have given him three for sixty to make it twenty a year. I'm okay with that, you know, because I I personally trust that Cindergard down the road, maybe not next year, but down the road is going to become the Cindergard of the past. I, I do believe that. The thing that kind of bothers me the most and and I kind of mentioned it when when Sean was on earlier was that the draft pick that that's the thing that gets me I'm I I'm a huge believer of the farm system and and I think the Angels need to get, continue to get better in the farm system because if you look at good teams and I mentioned it the Dodgers the Rays the Astros heck even the Yankees and 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 the Braves even of late who have been good or teams that have been good Continuously, the break or the uh, the even the Oakland A's, Oakland A's have produced really well. They've had very good farm systems. Granted, 
I guess maybe not the A's because they've traded for a lot of their guys. But you need a good farm system. I'd prefer to see the Angels be mediocre but on their way up. You know, like last year, the Angels were bad, but there were signs of them being decent. The 2020 year, which was the 60-game year, they weren't great, but there were signs of them being good. They had some young stars, some not stars, but they had some pretty good young players that are that are looking to to build their way into major league careers. And, and we saw that last year too with with all the players that the Angels brought up. So the fact you know you're losing five hundred thousand dollars in international money, which is a fair amount, it really is. It's the difference between signing a top ten guy and a and a, and a top thirty guy. It, it really is at the end of the day. Uh, when it comes to the international side of things, and and a second round pick, which is, you know, I, I mentioned before, Brandon Marsh is a second round pick, Chris Rodriguez is a second round pick. You're getting productive guys in that second round. So if you're telling me that Noah Syndergaard is worth, you know, missing out on a couple guys and hopefully making making the playoffs, then then go ahead. But I think I value the future a little bit more than than a lot of people do. So I don't know if you have any final thoughts before we let everybody go, Nate. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think two things. One, the reason why Angel fans are so excited about this is because, in their minds, they're only thinking about what could go right. And I think that, especially for me and you, like our first thought could go, it goes to what could go wrong. And I think that's why everyone loves this deal is because he's a big name and he's been good in the past. And they're just like, I don't care about the injury. I don't care if he sucks. Like, all I all I'm thinking about is him going out there throwing 101 and having a sub three ERA and us just losing our minds because we signed Noah Syndergaard for a one year 21 million dollars and you know you look at Fangraphs at the end of the year and it says he's a 50 to 50 million dollar player. I think that's why a lot of people love this signing. And for you and I, like we think, okay, we're losing a draft pick out of this. And again, this is a draft pick that is in the top half of the second round. This is not a a 30th overall pick like you know the Braves are going to have or 26th overall pick like the Dodgers are going to have um this is this is a top 15 pick and you've mentioned before we had Marsh we, we've gotten Rodriguez out of this um there have been some steals in the second round if I remember correctly Arenado was in the second round is that right uh, late first, if not second round, he probably is second round. I mean, yes, regardless of that. And so there's a lot of guys that you can steal out of that second round. Like uh, it, it might have been a comp round, but that counts as a second round in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so I think that's really the the main thing is you know Angel fans were just so looking forward to getting pitching, and we finally got a big name pitcher. But it's like honestly. This could be Matt Harvey 2.0, and they don't want to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. We want to talk about, you know, Matt Harvey could potentially, or uh, Noah Syndergaard could potentially win Cy Young this year. That's how good that uh, Angel fans think. And honestly, I, I think Syndergaard could could be that good if he's if he's healthy and ready to go. So I love Noah Syndergaard. I cannot stress that enough. I just wish that they would have given a multi-year deal, just because we talk about this all the time. The, the control comes last, and that's something that when you throw 101, 102, and you don't have control, it, it could be a long start to that season for him. So, And, again, talking about possibly trading him at that deadline, if he's, you know, 3-7 and seven with a 5-year-A, you're getting 
not a second rounder in return for him. You're getting a 24, 25 year old, you know, single air, maybe even a 26 year old double air, who potentially could be good, but most likely is going to be a guy who makes the big leagues for two months and, and gets cut. So that's the worst case scenario that we don't really want to talk about as Angel fans. We just want to continue to think like, hey, he is going to be a superstar for us. Absolutely. And and before I let everybody go, just, you know, I want to throw this one out there. I, I also asked, you know, what on Twitter, I, I asked what makes this one year deal of Noah Syndergaard any any different than the years in the past, you know, or any any different, just like I asked you. And the number one answer was the upside. And I, I, I have a hard time looking at, you know, the upside, or I have a hard time looking at the stats two years ago because he hasn't pitched in two years. I mean, those that are giving, you know, the, the, all the negative talk to Anthony Rendon for not playing for two years, or that's a, that's a bust of a contract, you know, like what's the difference between this and Anthony Rendon's contract at the moment, right? Or like what, like, or honestly, what's the difference between this and, and Matt Harvey? Like, I think Matt Harvey is a perfect example of this. Coming off of Tommy John, he showed upside in Cincinnati. You know, like the Angels gave him less money than this at fourteen. I think fourteen million or twelve million, whatever it was. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I, I find I struggle with this. Like I, I, the more and more you look, like I see both sides. We've talked about both sides, and and I understand both sides. I've talked about I've talked both sides of this conversation with many people already today, and it is. I'm, I get it. I do. I do. I really do. But it's hard to, you know, put past, you know, like where all, like he's going to be an ace. Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing it. You know, like you're hoping for 120 innings out of him for $21 million. That's tough. That really, really is. I feel like that money could be used so much better. Like go out and just go out and get Alex Cobb and uh, Alex Wood and, Sign every Alex out there, I guess, according to me. But <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, listening to us vent for a few minutes uh, at the end of the show. Thank you, Sean, for coming on. If, if you're still listening to this, we really do appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Tell us how we can get better. If you want to join us for Talking Fans, shoot us a message on Twitter, either on at Talking Halos, at myself, at Jared underscore Tims, or Nate at NateGreen34. And, and guys, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.